you're never quite sure when you come to preach at a place if you'll ever be invited back. <laughs> and um, um, I was meant to be here in May, um, but had to cancel it as we were had a, ended up in Moldova on a mission trip, um, serving a little church out there. And um, it was great to see um, what God is doing in other parts of the world. But it's great to be here this morning. You've got a Bible somewhere with you. I hope you'll open with me to the book of Romans in chapter 5. Book of Romans in chapter 5. We're going to commence reading at verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more being reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. We'll just end our reading at verse 11. Let me just pray. Father, this morning, my words, be faithful to your word so that we might bring glory to thee, word. Help us, O Lord, we ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. I'm not going to quiz you on what I preached the last time I was here, because that would be really unfair. It's a year ago. Um, but the last time I spoke, I took a great gospel word, and um, we looked at the subject of redemption, what it meant to be redeemed. It's a word we use all the time in Christian circles, especially evangelical circles, but we simply tried to unpack what it means to be redeemed. And I took you to a, a slave market and, and set the pictures that a scripture does that when we're redeemed, God sets us free from our sin. I want us to take another gospel word this morning. And I want us to examine what it means. And the word we're going to look at this morning is the word justification. It's a word that's often used in, in Christian circles. I've been justified. God has justified me. And Paul uses it a lot through the book of Romans. But what is it? simply mean. We, we think we've got a grasp of it. So uh, the last time I said the word redemption would, would take you to a slave market. I want you to picture the scene in your head. 
I want you to picture a court, a grand and an austere wheel. It makes the old Bailey look kind of tacky and out of place. And you're not watching from the public gallery. Actually, you're in the very heart of the courtroom. Actually, you're standing in the dock. You're the one on trial. You're your own defense team. No one is there to stand up for you. No one is there to speak on your behalf. And the judge sits on the bench. And the judge is no one less than God himself. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 50 verse 6, The heavens proclaim his righteousness, for God himself is judge. It's an unpopular thing today to speak on the subject of judgment. But one day we will all stand before Almighty God. Whether you believe that matters not. The facts are still the same. God is judge. Kevin rightfully prayed, what is wrong is wrong. What is right is right. He's the arbiter. He's the one who sets it. And as he stands in that courtroom, there is little hope for us. Actually, there is no hope for us. We stand guilty as charged. But the theme of justification in the Bible is a picture that somehow I'm able to leave that courtroom a free man. Even though the evidence is overwhelming, even though I stand guilty as charged, I'm allowed to leave free. I'm allowed to leave justified just as if I had never sinned. You could put Stephen, how is that possible? How is it possible for any one to stand before Almighty God and walk free? Justification, to quote one old theologian, maybe is defined as a legal act of God by which he declares the sinners righteous on the basis of the birth perfect righteousness of Christ. That's good theology, but it's a bit heavy. J.I. Packer, preacher of a particular generation, wonderfully put it, justification is an act of God of remitting the sins of guilty men and accounting them righteous freely by his grace through faith in Christ on the ground not of their work but on, or not of their representative keeping of the law but on the redemptive blood shedding of Christ on our behalf. This morning, I'm simply going to unpack that. I want us to look what it, what it really means to be able to stand from before God just as if I'd never sinned. Now, let's start at the beginning. When we stand in the dock, how is it that I stand guilty? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3 tells us this. As for you, says Paul, not just to a specific, as for, actually, the, the best way, it's not great grammar, but it's good theology. As for yous all, all yous, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways 
of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the, of the air, the spirit who is now working those who are disobedient. Break that down. Spiritually, you will be dead. Actually, the only person we followed in any of our spiritual ways was our father, the devil. And we lived in complete and utter disobedience to a holy God. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Let me sum it up as Paul sums it, in other words, in Romans. For all have sinned. We've all gratified the cravings of our sinful nature. We've all followed the desires of our hearts. We've all lived in utter disobedience to God. We live as slaves to sin. And it's got us to a huge mess. And the evidence that's read out, the charges that are read at our trial, are overwhelming. Romans 3.19 Obviously the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show the entire world guilt. Tell me what it means. Let God's word explain what it means. Way back in the book of Job in chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, in the New Living Translation, Job speaks, Yes, I know all this is true in principle, but how can a person be declared innocent in God's sight? Said Job. Job wrestled with this. How is it possible for me, with all of my guilt and all of my shame and all of my rebellion, how is it possible for me to stand before God and be declared right? So Paul picks up the argument. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. So the Bible teaches, hold on. The law, by keeping the law, doesn't make me right. The law just tells me I need to be right. That's what the law is there for. It can't make me right with God, but it tells me there's a desperate need for me to be right with God. So Galatians 2, verse 16. Know that a man is not justified by observing the law. Coming to church, being baptized, being catechized, being communicated, that's not going to work. We are not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by the faith in Christ and not by observing the law by, because by observing the law no one will be justified. Paul gets very wordy. But he wants to drive the point home. There were folk in the church in Galatia that had problem. They believed the lie that they needed to keep doing stuff to be right with God. 
They needed to keep giving. Every time I walk out, I need to put more in that box. I need to make sure I'm there every Sunday. Folk, there'll be folk all over this town today and all over our county, and that's why they'll be in church this morning. Not because they've gone to worship, not because they want to praise, but they feel a compulsion. It's the only way. It's, it's me earning my brownie points. So when I stand in that dock one day, God will look at my good works and declare me righteous. There are folk in the church in Galatia who believe that. And Paul says, listen boys, that argument doesn't hold water. What's the law to do? It shows me I need Christ. It shows me I'm not right with God. That's all it can do. So how can I be made right? Ephesians 2. For it's by grace we have been saved through faith. This is not from your self, it is a gift of God, not of works that no one can boast. So Paul puts it simpler to the church in Ephesus. God does something for me that I could not do for myself. And if I could do it for myself, then I would stand before everybody else and go, look at me. Look how great I am. No one will boast before God. It's a work of grace. Titus 3, verse 5. He saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So I've quoted a lot of scripture. Well, I told you why. It's not my opinion that matters. It's not what the scholars teach me that matters. It's what God's word declares. My old college principal, Dr. Peckham, put it this way. Forgiven givers are not like discharged prisoners who carry the stigma of imprisonment with them. You know, when you've done time, you might be free man, but that stigma of spending time goes with it. People will always hold a prejudice. Justification means more than acquittal. It's a gaining of a righteousness that's not our own, but a righteousness that's of Christ. God just doesn't set me free, take away my sin, and say, here, go on, out you go. I'm still in my prison clothes. I, I, I still smell of prison. What's he doing? Well, I left my jacket down there, I was going to use an illustration. What he does is he takes my old away. And he clothes me in his righteousness. You know, it's one thing to know that my sin has been forgiven. Now I stand. When God looks on me, he sees his son. I'm clothed in Christ. That's what he gives me. 
that stigma of my guilt, that stigma of my shame has been utterly removed. God made him who had no sin be made sin for us so that it might become the righteousness of God. And it's all because of Romans 3.24. We are justified freely by grace through the redemption that comes by Christ Jesus. He takes away my sin. He clothes me in his righteousness. And he declares an instantaneous divine act. He declares me right as if I had never sinned. Oh, I know we're English, but man alive, someone needs to shout hallelujah. That's what he's done for you, child of God. When we talk about I'm saved and I'm redeemed and I'm set free and I'm justified, that's what it means. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was known as the Prince of Preachers, once said, if I could preach justification to be bought by a penny at a time, there wouldn't be one of you would leave without putting your penny in. If I could preach that justification could be gained by walking the coastal road, then this afternoon, every one of us would walk on the coastal road so we could be made right with God, wouldn't we? If I could preach justification by whipping and torture, then many of you would do it. Do it. But when we preach that it is freely given, we walk away. See, God does not give us freely his grace and his forgiveness because he's some kind of big-hearted benefactor. The picture of God is some nine celestial grandfather, sympathetic and tolerant, accommodating, charitable, is frankly unbiblical and false. God is holy. He is righteous. He is just. He cannot deal leniently with sin. He cannot remain just and simply pardoning it without punishing the sinners. So how on earth, if he's that God, how on earth can I be free, Stephen? We read it. Since we have been justified by his blood. How much more will we be saved from God's wrath through him? The old chorus we used to sing as kids. I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on that cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's son, took my place. What's my guarantee? 
How can I know that I can leave the dock of God's judgment free? Romans 4, 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. The death of Christ is the basis of our justification. The resurrection of Christ is the proof that Christ's sacrifice has made me free. So what must I do? I read Romans 5, 1 for a reason. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folk, if you and I have never come to a place in our lives where we have put our wholehearted trust and faith in Christ and in Christ alone, then we still stand in the dock and we still stand guilty as charged. See, faith is not a feeling. It's not some psychological state of mind. It's not some self-betterment. It's not some mystical union. Faith is not even a change in my opinion. Faith is trusting in Christ and surrendering my life to him. Martin Luther called the doctrine of justification by faith the Articus Santus Acudus Ecclesia. My Latin is as bad as my English. Let me roughly translate that for you. The point of belief which determines whether a church stands or falls. See, we get this wrong. Then close the doors and go home. The church stands and falls on whether we believe that he declares me right. Or whether it's all of me. To be justified means I can stand before God just as if I had never sinned. Because he has taken away my guilt and my shame. And he has given me, declared me, righteous in his sight. That's what God has done for you and for me. And because of that, I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of the past. The old hymn nails it. I've treated my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free. Praise the Lord. Free. At last.
I'm justified because of what he's done. What if I won't? But what if in shaking your hand on the way out this morning? I don't know if you do that. We, we don't do that anymore. We used to stand the preachers to shake hands on the way out. If I asked you, have you ever been declared righteous? Not by the preacher or the pastor or the priest. but declared righteous by God. I wonder how many of you go out the side door. Oh, Stephen, it's, is it? On the authority of the word of God, Christ came to justify you and me freely. And it's by simple acceptance in Christ. Now if that's the basis of what the church stands on, and it is, is that not a message worth sharing? How many of your neighbours are trying to get right with God? How many of your family are burdened with guilt and with sin and with shame? And you have the answer. It's called justification by faith alone in Christ alone. So next time you sing or you use the word, I'm justified. Let that truth permeate your soul and your mind. May it captivate your very essence. And then you'll cry. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Let me pray.